We're going to start on this side and we're going to alternate sides. When Mark stops playing, whoever has the crown at that point, and we'll try and send it up to the balconies as well, needs to have a look and pull out the next numbered envelope. Okay, so obviously we're going to start with number one on this side. So when the music stops, if you've got the crown, take number one envelope out uh, and we'll open that and then we'll tick it to the other side and Mark will play again. And there are eight envelopes all together, but we'll stop after each one. Is that right? Thank you very much. Okay. Oh, you're right. <laughs> so if you look for envelope number one and open it... And then tell us what you've got. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And a big star there. And a big star. So the wise men followed the star. So let's take the crown to this side now and pass it on until Mark stops playing. Kevin, envelope number two, please. Jerusalem, verse two. Where is the child who is born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. Okay, so the wise men set off to Jerusalem. So let's take the crown and we'll take it back to the other side again. Thank you, Mark. Oh, John, you've got it. (laughs) Envelope number three. Verses three and four. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. Oh. Let's just think for a moment about King Herod, because he's one of the, the stars of this story. From what we know, do we think Herod was a good king or a bad king? What do you think? A bad king, yes. He's a bit like the pantomime baddie, isn't he? So when we hear about King Herod, we could almost all go, boo, yes. So King Herod was not happy, was he, when he heard the news about uh, a new king of the Jews. He was very cunning, though, wasn't he? And that was why he's a bit of a baddie in this story, because he didn't tell the wise men that he wasn't happy. He kept that to himself. And uh, it's only later that we hear what the wise men did to make sure that King Herod didn't get his way. Because if he had had his way, Jesus the king would not have survived. Let's hear a bit more about the story. And uh, it may be that whoever gets this envelope, you might want me to read it, because this is quite a long one. So let's start with you. I have a bit more music, Mark. So, Louise, you're looking for envelope number four, but feel free to pass the reading to me because it's quite a long one. So, Louise has got a star again, and it has the label Bethlehem. Why does the star have the label Bethlehem? 
Any of the younger ones want to tell me, why is the star labelled Bethlehem? Anybody up in the balcony want to tell me why the star's labelled Bethlehem? Well, it's what the, the wise men followed, wasn't it? They followed the star all the way. So, Louise, do you want to pass me that? Or do you want to read it? Okay, you read it then. Sorry, Keith. <laughs> yes, yes. Verses 5 to 8. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd by people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search, search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may go also to pay him homage. Oh, King Herod was a cunning king, wasn't he? Oh, Alfie and Fraser, shall we give you the crown to start passing on? And then, Jackie, once you've had it, could you take it up to the balcony for us? Thank you. Okay. Okay, Jackie. What have you got on your picture? And then what's your verse? Excited. It's another star. Excited, yes. Okay. Verses 9 and 10. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. Excellent. Thank you. So the wise men were excited that they had followed this star probably for hundreds of miles riding through the desert uh, in the dead of night and during the day because they knew that this star was... uh, conveying the idea of a new king, a special king. And so when they got to the place where Jesus was, they were excited that at last they had got to their journey's end. So let's keep our crown going one more time. Thank you, Mark. A little bit more music. Thank you. Oh, (laughs) Sophia's got it, I think. Oh, Jesse, come on then, Jesse, come to me and bring the crown with you. Now, tell us what you've got on your picture. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Well done, Jesse. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Shall we read verse 11 together? On entering the house, they saw the child Mary with his mother. And they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Well done. Thank you very much. Now, when you have a new baby in your family, or one of your friends has a new baby, what gifts would you normally give? Lucy, what did people give you when you had Ava? Clothes, uh, teddies, 
clothes. <laughs> clothes, teddies, all sorts of things like that. But the wise men gave Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Those are very strange gifts to give to a baby, aren't they? Now, we know that they, the gold stands for kingship, and the frankincense reminds us of worship. And it's a reminder that we worship Christ. And the myrrh reminds us of death. Really strange gifts to give to a baby. So let's find out with the next envelope why the kings gave Jesus those gifts. Oh, Maggie's got it. Well done. Do you want to open envelope number seven, Maggie? And then tell us what you've got on your picture. King Jesus. Yes, Maggie's got a crown and King Jesus. So let me take the picture in the candy. That's it. Well done. So whilst the gifts, the gold, frankincense and the myrrh, were really unusual gifts to give to a baby, actually, look, they remind us that those gifts were given to Jesus because he is a king. And the wise men knew that, and they wanted to mark it. And as they were journeying, they just went into their bags, and they found what they had in their bags. But if we think of our response to Jesus, our king today... If we were to dig into our bags, what might we offer Jesus today? If we were in the place of those kings and we were coming to worship Jesus the king, what gifts might we offer him today? Yes, we might give him our money. And a lot of us do that uh, by giving to the church and giving to charities. So yes, using our money to worship him. Anything else that we might give to Jesus? Our love, John, yes, yes. And when we love Jesus, when we give him our love, often he will help us to love other people too. So that works in two ways. We give our love to Jesus. He gives his love to us. And through that, we love other people too. That's great. Love. We give Jesus our love. Anything else that we might give him? Our time, James. Yes. Yeah. How might we give our time? So we can give Jesus our time by uh, joining in with community activities that help others, by doing things here to help each other in church. In all sorts of ways, we can give Jesus our time. Anybody think of one more thing that we might give to Jesus? Our love, Eileen, yes. That's really important, isn't it? But we can give our gifts and abilities as well, can't we? And we can ask God to use those things that we're good at uh, to help share his love with others. So we don't just follow the king's example in giving Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We follow the examples of the kings in worshipping Jesus by giving him our love, our time, our money, our gifts, serving others in all sorts of ways. 
Now, who can remember from the story what happened next? After the kings had given Jesus their presence, after they'd bowed down to worship him, what happened next? Yurik, go and say that again. They had a visit and their sleep from an angel. They had a visit, in the, and what did the angel tell them? Uh, to go home a different way. Yeah, to go home a different way. Now, that's the amazing thing about God, isn't it? That he knows our circumstances. He knows uh, what's going to happen. He knows uh, what we're facing. And he works uh, in ways that we sometimes can't see so that his plan, his good, comes about. And in this case... He spoke to the wise men through their dream and told them Herod's wicked plot and made sure that they went home a different way. What was the result of that? We've got one envelope left. Thank you, Mark. Oh, Sintry, you've got it. What have you got? A picture of Jesus as a grown-up. And it's verse 12. It says, And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Great, thank you. So what God's working in a way that they couldn't see meant was that Jesus grew up to be an adult. He grew up to do the things that God had given him to do. And it's because he grew up to be an adult and and did the things that God wanted him to do that we can be here today to worship him, that we can be here today to give him our worship, our gifts, our time. So at the start of this new year, as we think about the wise men coming to worship Jesus and giving him their gifts, we're going to think about how we come to Jesus and give him our gifts. And in your hymn books, you should have a little piece of paper that's called the Methodist Covenant Prayer. This is a prayer that the Methodist Church use at the start of each year to remind themselves to give themselves to God in worship, just as the wise men did. It's quite a serious prayer. I'll read it, and then um, I'll lead us in praying it together. So the Methodists each year pray, I am no longer my own, but yours. In other words, I come to you and I worship you. Put me to what you will, rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or lay aside for you. Exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and your disposal. So here we are, joining the wise men in bowing down to Jesus and giving him our all. And now, glorious and blessed God, 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. So let's take a moment of quiet and uh, let's just think about what we're praying in that prayer. And then I'm going to pray it for us. And if this is something that you want to live out this year, then join me when I say amen. But if you feel it's too costly a prayer to pray, then uh, just ask God to give you strength and help this year. Let's pray. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and your disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen.